everybody, and welcome back to Staging a Podcast. I'm John, your host, and today I'll be talking with Mike Morrissey. Mike is a sound engineer in the Chicago, Chicagoland area. Uh, he is also a co-host on the Last Three Rows of Horror podcast with uh, his other hosts, Sam and Sal. So what's going on today, dude? Hey, how are you? Happy to be here. Hey, I'm glad we can finally... Uh, get this to happen i know we've had a little bit of a little bit of schedule jumping but yeah schedule and technology don't you love technology oh i do so uh <laughs> for for all you folks listening this is the second time trying to record this because as soon as i hit the record button last time i lost mike so <laughs> <laughs> yeah no problem. Definitely, no problem definitely easier doing things in a uh in a uh, room setting, you know, kind of like how you said you guys do uh, last three rows. Yeah, we will get together at, at Sam's house and just kind of pile into his bedroom and uh, hit record. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But I'm glad, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad you're listening to uh, the podcast and I appreciate, you, you know, you promoting it and everything. Uh, folks, if you like horror movies, check us out. We're on... Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Last Three Rows of Horror. I'll tell you a little bit about it. Every episode is a different theme and topic. Uh, we talk about old movies, new ones, and there's plenty of us, you know, being silly and goofing around. We like to have fun, but, uh, you know, we take it serious, too. We're, I mean, we're not, like, super serious, but... Uh, but yes, we are total horror movie nerds for sure. <laughs> so, how long have you been doing that? We started uh, a year ago. Now we had a, a one year anniversary. Um, uh, I wish we started it earlier, like in 2020, when the pandemic uh, happened, because uh, myself and uh, Sal and Sam were uh, union employed stagehands and projectionists. So our industry left; it just disappeared. And, uh, you know, we were sitting around at home, sitting on our butts pretty much. And we, I wish we started earlier, but, uh, we actually started in June of 2021. And, uh, one day Sal just called me up cause we always talk horror movies at work. And he called me up one day. He's like, Hey, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, okay, what do I got to do? He said, just show up and talk. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> nice. Um, so, you know, I know, you, like you said, you've gone into some of the older stuff, uh, some of the newer stuff. Uh, what – actually, I'm I'm wearing a T-shirt right now with the 80 slashers on it. Oh, uh, nice. It's, it's actually it's, – um, it's a parody of that scene in Mean Girls where uh, Lindsay Lohan <laughs> goes up to the table and the, uh, the one girl says, on Wednesdays we wear pink. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's Freddy Krueger's Lindsay Lohan and then – Myers, Pinhead, and Jason are sitting at the table, and everybody's in pink. It's kind of funny. That's but, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> so, who's your favorite slasher? Mine is Freddy. Uh, slasher? Well, i got to think about that. I mean, I've always been a fan of, like, my favorite slasher movie. I'll say Halloween, the original Halloween. That's uh, To me, that's, like, textbook what a slasher movie should be. Like, uh, an unstoppable force like that, that just keeps coming back and back and back. Uh, 
There's been some newer ones, though, that I've enjoyed. Uh, one that's kind of like out of the blue. Have you ever seen The Rise of uh, Leslie Vernon? Or well, no, it's called Behind the Mask. No. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. It's kind of like a mockumentary. And that came out maybe around 2006. And uh, that one's pretty cool. Yeah, I do like that one. I'm writing this down so that I can watch it later. There you um, go. <laughs> You know, um, another another newer one that uh, I kind of like his style is um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Kane Hodder plays him, uh, Victor Crowley. Oh, Hatchet, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, those those ones are really good. They're they're um, entertaining. They're funny. I mean, they're really fun. So then, um, another Especially- thing that oh, so sorry. I was going to say, especially that that first one was like incredibly like it was almost like a breath of fresh air to the genre because when that came out, there wasn't that many well-known slashers that were like uh, in the theaters or just, you know, people weren't talking about it. That genre kind of died with like Scream. But when the first Hatchet came out, it was like, ah, yes, here we go again. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm kind of, you know, kind of looking at it and it's not really the the big thing right now. Slashers? You know, I, yeah. Like, That's true. That's true. Um, I mean, sure, they, you know, uh, Jordan Peele put out Candyman last year. Yeah. Or or was that earlier this year? I, I forget. My timeline runs last year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that <clears throat> that was pretty good. Nice uh, addition to the, to the Candyman story and you know, I liked kind of how he uh, negated the um, negated the sequels, kind of like how David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride are doing with the Halloween thing. Yes, yeah, you're right. I I do like that. It's again, it's like a like a breath of fresh air. Like, okay, a new take on the character, a new story. Don't forget about the sequels. This is you know the the new character, the new Candyman, the new Michael Myers. I kind of like it. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually I'm kind of interested to see what uh, what David Gordon Green does with the uh, the Exorcist that he's doing for next year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I am excited about that. The Exorcist is my favorite horror movie of all time, and the fact that they got um, Ellen Burstyn to come back to play Chris McNeil, I think that's going to be really cool. If they can get her to come back, I think they can get Linda you know, to come and reprise the character. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, and I mean, not only, not only, you know, having other good names, you know, working on it, but they can throw the money at her too. So. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, gotta love Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. I had the pleasure of uh, meeting Linda Blair at a, at a convention twice. And uh, all we did was talk about pit bulls. Uh, she has a pit bull like rescue foundation. Okay. And uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about the exorcist. It was just like, oh, I love pit bulls too. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. See, that, that's awesome though. You know, that's that's one thing I love, and I haven't uh, I haven't gone to any of the like flashback weekend or anything like oh, that. So they're fun, man. Uh, they're really fun. The uh, the only person <clears throat> the only person horror movie wise that I've got to meet was uh robert england he did a uh uh in theater for um 
what it, it would have been like probably the uh, the 30th anniversary of mm-hmm. Nightmare back in like 2014. Um, he's he's going to be there this year. And there's kind of like a, a bunch of cast members from the Nightmare series are going to be there this year. Kind of like a reunion. Yeah, I think I, uh, cause <clears throat> I was looking at it and then, uh, you know, I think I seen that like uh, Lisa Wilcox, who was Alice in yeah. Four, and Toy mm-hmm. Newkirk's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely something that I want to do one of these days. And I'm just afraid that I'll end up getting addicted and <laughs> have to, you know, get a... I- so, so half the music gear just so I can go. I'll tell you what, like we, uh, our friend Tony, he came with me. Well, he met me up at uh, Days of the Dead last year, and it, that was his first convention. He had a great time. Uh, what's nice for him is they uh, let veterans in for free, and I think first responders too. So that's pretty cool. So actually, you could probably get in for free since you're a, a paramedic, but. Yeah. Uh, those conventions, man, you got to bring cash with you because you're going to definitely want to spend money on something. The vendor room is so cool. It's overwhelming, but it, it's it's so cool. You walk in, you're like, oh, my God, I want to buy everything. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, well, not only the vendor room, but then, uh, you know, you've got your, uh, your celebrities, so to say, yeah. who – Oh yeah, I mean, autographs. You know, it's probably I'm I'm guessing, um, just because like I've listened to your podcast and some other podcasts where like your smaller people are gonna be between twenty and forty dollars to buy an eight by ten and have them sign it. Ten years ago that's how it was. Now these like no name never was or has beens, they're charging like 50 bucks like an extraordinary amount just to get like a picture with them or an autograph like it, it's inflation man like the price has gone up on media yeah. the guests it's crazy see and like i don't know i i look at things <clears throat> a little differently when i look at you know business stuff like that like kind of actually i was i was talking with my wife about it uh last night the possibility of opening up a restaurant oh wow and um, it, it was, it was more of just like a, just to shoot the shit thing than actually I'm, I'm going to functionally do this. But, um, I was saying for that, you know, all the restaurants that are opening up around me right now, like you go in there and the burger is 15 bucks and everything is, you know, 15 to 20 bucks. Your beers are seven or eight bucks. Yeah. Where if you just go and undercut them. And say, hey, look, my burger is going to be ten bucks. Beers are five. You know, you're going to be pulling more people to your to your place. So, you know, if these people were going back and being like, hey, you know what? Boom, yeah, twenty twenty bucks for the autograph, twenty bucks for a picture, and then you know, you're undercutting everybody, and it's like, oh, hey, why do they have a line? Oh, because they're only twenty bucks. Because <laughs> yeah, because they're being fair, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, so let me see going to going to places like that who would you say is the the coolest that you ended up uh getting to talk to or uh, not necessarily you know your coolest your coolest oh geez i've been going to conventions since like 2003 um okay one of the yeah one of the coolest uh people i've met 
uh, that I mean, one of the coolest experiences I had at a convention. And this happened a few times. Um, have you ever seen the Maniac Cop films? Yes, I love those. Okay, so Robert Zadar, the Maniac Cop, the guy with the big mm-hmm. jaw. I've yeah. met him a few times at conventions and film fests and this and that, and we've actually hung out a few times. And at I mean, I'll never forget at uh, one of the flashback weekends, we hung out for like a good two, three hours just shooting the shit in the when one of the restaurants there in the hotel and we had a couple drinks and uh just really got to know the guy and that was like amazing like he he was supposed to be like at his booth and instead he's in the restaurant talking with me having a few drinks like uh for a couple hours that was kind of fun so yeah yeah Yeah. and you know for uh for anybody who hasn't seen the maniac cop series go and check it out uh it is exactly what it sounds like but hey if you like bruce campbell at least he's in the first one yeah it's that's right he's in... yeah so um how long have you been how long have you been doing your work gig um uh, as a sound engineer uh yeah i've pr- been working professionally since 2003 uh but i've been union employed since uh 07 i started out mixing bands in bars and clubs and uh, made the transition into uh, theater and then uh, corporate. So uh, conferences, conventions, business meetings, that's what I do now. It's not always exciting. As a matter of fact, it could be awfully boring sometimes, but uh, it, it pays good. I, I, <laughs> I'm able to, to pay my bills. Yeah. Um, There's no money in rock and roll. <laughs> no, gosh, not anymore. Yeah. Um, so what was the, uh, what was the transition like? I mean, did you, uh, just one day have somebody at work come up to you and be like, Hey man, you, you know, you're doing good. You want to get into the union or was it something you actually had to like go down to the hall and, um, lucky for me, I knew somebody and it's, it's, that's often how, how it goes. It's like not so much what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was lucky enough to know a guy. Uh, and once you start getting gigs with the union, it's like you have to kind of prove yourself that, you know, you're capable of doing the job and uh, you're a good worker and that they can rely on you. So fast forward to today, I've been with uh, the state chain union 15 years now. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't realize that the stagehand union also covers sound engineers. Oh yeah. We're, we've got our hands dipped in everything. We do audio, lighting, video, carpentry, uh, rigging. We run spotlights. We're in, we do teleprompters in the news stations. We're in all the major Broadway theaters in Chicago. Um, it's like, what don't we do? We're known for our big music festivals, for example, Lollapalooza, um, everything at Wrigley Field, Soldiers Field, Grant Park. That's us. Okay. Yeah, because I've got um, – <clears throat> excuse me. I've got uh, one friend who I uh, I used to work with him uh, at a DJ company back in the early 2000s, and he's a union stagehand out there, but um, – he pretty much uh he he works out at uh 
uh, I forget what they call it now, but the World Music Theater in Tinley Park. Oh, yeah. Um, you have to drop his yeah. name after we get off the phone. I, I probably know him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so uh, he's he's been working there uh, for a few years. And, you know, I know sometimes, like, you know, he'll get pulled in to do the Aragon or, or something oh. like that. But oh, yeah. um, he, he, he loves the summertime, so he loves being able to do that outdoor thing. So... More problem um, to him, man. I mean, I'm not an old fart. I'm not a spring chicken, but that outdoor work, man, we call that blood money. Because no matter <laughs> no matter what, you're gonna get hurt. That's the way I see it. Like it's it yeah. takes a uh it's very physically demanding. You're building steel, you're building stages, scaffolding. Like it's uh it's not easy. So if someone loves doing that, hey, take it. More power to you. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what, I could, um, now, talking a little bit more about, you know, because, like, I just looked at it like, oh, cool, you know, you're, uh, you're pushing in road cases, and then their crew's going to take over, but no, you yeah. know, from the sound of it, like, Alice, Alice Cooper comes in, and you have to build his whole set. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're organized labor, we're a labor union, so... Uh, who's who's building the stages and the PA and the lights and everything? That's us. Road crews, all they do is point. They say, "Do this, do that. This is how you do it." You know, you follow their lead, their instructions. But as far right. as the labor, that's us. We're doing it. Stage hands. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, so you know, I mean, of course, we we were just talking about the outdoor thing, um, and you had mentioned Lollapalooza, like. Is is that a pretty tough one to to go out? Yeah, because I mean, what there's uh, I'm trying to think. It's been a it's been a while since I've driven down Lakeshore Drive uh, yeah. in late July, early August. But I think it's like what like two weeks before the all the stages and Grant Park's getting set up for it. Oh yeah, for that show, I think yeah, it's like maybe a two week prep prepare you know uh there's multiple stages that need to get built for that and it's long overnight so you could be doing 10 p.m to about uh 6 a.m or or noon like it's it's long hours you're out you're cooking out there in the sun uh it could be miserable you know you got to take the good with the bad but if you like the bands and you you're actually working the show it could be cool but uh yeah it's tough it's tough but that's that's where we make our money those uh those summer festivals oh yeah and uh chicago is pretty nice for that too um <clears throat> just i i think it's just the you know the uh centralized location in uh in the country that makes it like the the prime spot for things like this but you know yeah you got Lollapalooza, but you've also got riot fest coming through that's ours. Yep. Um, then um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, you know other big festivals. I mean, of course, you've got uh, out at Ravinia and the stuff that they do up there. Yep. Um, that's <laughs> that's nice too. Yeah. Man, so where um, where's the farthest out that you, that you guys go? Like, do you go all the way down to like Springfield or Southern Illinois, or just uh, are up you in Northern are, our union has um, so many different locals in every state. So we're nationwide and we're all over Canada. Uh, and the history of our union, we've, we've been around since the late 
eighteen hundreds. Uh, but as far as our local, we've actually we've been stretching out, helping out other locals like Milwaukee. Um, we got guys in Rockford, Springfield, and we're usually we're calling on them and bringing them into our union uh, to work like in the summers when we're so busy and swamped. We'll call upon other locals to to come, you know, give us a hand. And uh, usually those guys are, are they're happy to do it because of the rate that they're making where they're at in their smaller areas. The locals, they don't make as much as us Chicago guys. So they're happy to do it. And uh, yeah. But as far as like what I've done personally, like, yeah, I've been all over the suburbs with the state and union all over the city. Um, me personally, I was asked once to go to Detroit and do a, um, an auto show a couple years ago. So yeah, but you, but my work is all local. I don't, I don't go on the road. I am not a roadie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Oh my God, I, I didn't even think about auto show. I mean, Chicago's got one of the largest auto shows every freaking year. Yeah. But we, surprisingly, we don't really get a big part of that. It's those are uh, electricians at McCormick place. They get all of that. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah, it's it's funny the ins and the ins and the outs, you know. Um, <clears throat> that's one thing I, I love about this podcast is I, I originally started it with the idea of having people like you on, because you know I I don't know how you thought when when you were a teenager, but me I was like, you know, to be the guitar player or singer in the band is like the only way to get into the business, <laughs> and. You know, now you, you see that, you know, there's stagehands, there's uh, producers, there's, gosh, I have a, I have a buddy who, uh, who he went down to Full Sail and got his uh, recording engineer. That's he a great school for it. Yeah, he, he, he kind of got, uh, got screwed out of it, I guess. Uh, this is interesting story uh and i i shouldn't say screwed out of it maybe more scared out of it Mm. uh because he started working in the city and um you know when when you're brand new out of school you're the dude who's running and getting the coffee and and doing that type of stuff yeah it's intern work yeah yeah so apparently um one time he was uh he was working for our kelly oh no or R, R was the guy that was in the studio he was working at and they ended up uh, sending him down by like the Robert Taylor homes or something to go pick up some chicken. Ooh, and no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. He, he said after that, no, he's like, yep, I'm, I'm done with this. And like, he just, you know, went and uh, the nice thing is his dad owned a uh, industrial company that worked on industrial acoustics to try and keep down sound at uh, factories and stuff. So he ended up going and working in that. Oh, that's interesting. Now that's a trade. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, it's, you know, definitely a big difference from, uh, you know, getting to work with people like uh, Lars Fredrickson from Rancid and stuff like that. But Hey, well, who would want to be R. Kelly's, uh, go to gopher you know like hey you might go picking up these 16 year olds down in the corner in the ghetto <laughs> yeah no thanks <laughs> yeah 
yeah, that that's just wild, you know. But there's there's certain people I wouldn't mind like going and um, sitting under, like uh, really anybody at uh, Steve Albini's studio out there, like just to sure. sit and watch, watch their workflow for the day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine that guy's studio is probably pretty cool. I know I when I I went to Columbia College in Chicago uh, to learn audio, and it, to do what I do, you don't have to go to school and spend a, a ton of money at a university, but it helps uh, with because when I started out at Columbia, my major was uh, recording and. I came to find out pretty fast that there's no money in it. Uh, unless you own your own studio, you're, I mean, really, you're going you're gonna to suffer. Guys that come out of college that are interns and, like, they want to work at a studio, it's, it takes a lot to get into the industry, and then you're treated like trash. So I switched my major to live sound, and which I kind of think is more hardcore because you've only got one chance to get it right. And yeah, because it's live, it's a live event and you're, you're learning to control audio, like feedback with studio work. I mean, it's, it could be very tedious and, uh, I'm glad, you know, my choice, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, the only really true way of learning how to do live sound is, uh, you just got to do it hands on and you learn by making mistakes. And I've made plenty when I first started out, like, uh, when I was building my chops, so to speak, I had a, mm-hmm. I had an internship through Columbia at the House of Blues, and that internship turned into a job. They hired me. I worked there for two years, and I was mixing live Chicago blues like every night, and that was a lot of fun. So, did you spend most of your time um, most of your time there in the uh, downstairs in like the the small stage restaurant area? Yeah, I did a lot of work there. Also worked on the main stage a lot, uh, doing the big, like, you know, national touring bands. Uh, but, yeah, majority of my work was in the restaurant mixed uh, the blues bands. Okay, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so <clears throat> what would you say is one of the most interesting uh, interesting things to happen while you were down there? At House of Blues, oh man, I had a lot of cool gigs. Like, just met a ton of people, and after a while, you learn. You know, you don't get starstruck. Uh, you just—they're just people, just like you. You treat them normally. Uh, I've had—I mean—a lot of cool experiences. Met a lot of celebrities and you know, well-known musicians. But uh, probably the best night I ever had there. Uh, I'm working in the restaurant, mixing a local blues band. They were called Big G and the Real Deal. And uh, upstairs was Damage Plan, you know, members of Pantera, Vinnie Paul, and Dimebag, Daryl. So Damage Plan finishes, and Dimebag decides to uh, come down into the restaurant with his whole entourage and uh, listen to some live blues. So they're down there, and uh, I see him and his bodyguard, and uh, this is like November 2004. So... Uh, he's down there listening and uh, without even asking permission, like the band is in mid song. He walks on stage and just takes a guitar off of this guy 
and just starts playing. And the rest of the band's like, you know, who the fuck is this guy? Who is this asshole? The drummer knew who he was. He's like, no, guys, it's okay. It's okay. That's that's Dimebag. That's Dimebag. Let him play. Let him play. So he starts wailing, and I, I throw a mic on his amp, and I'm mixing him, and, oh, I'm having so much fun. And uh, afterwards, like, uh, his buddies, like, there's members of the opening bands. I think it was Brand New Sin and Shadows Fall. They get on stage with him. Uh, Charlie from Anthrax gets on the drums. They start doing Doors. They're doing ZZ Top, and they're screaming into the mics while people are trying to eat. Like, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> so I'm mixing them and having a good time. And then I got the chance to, to talk with him a little bit and um, met him and his, and, and his bodyguard. Uh, not too long after that, just a few more weeks, I think it was December of '04. Uh, damage plan is in Columbus, Ohio, and well, Dime Band got murdered on stage. Uh, yeah, December eighth. It was yeah. So uh, November twenty something was when uh, he was in Chicago with me. So that was a great experience, man. That night, I wouldn't even call it work. It was just fun, and uh, I was lucky enough to tell this story to uh, Dime's girlfriend uh, Rita. I met her a few times at at uh, working shows, and I was I told her that story. And then recently at at Days of the Dead convention, I met Phil Anselmo, and I got to tell him the same story. And uh, I made Phil smile. So that kind of you know because they didn't get along at the end of Pantera. There was some bad blood, but yeah. uh, I got to tell Phil that story, and that made me feel good. Oh, see, that's cool. And those guys, they seem you know I I know like. Phil had his drug problems and, you know, uh, Dime and Vinny were always on the sauce, but um, they seemed like such down-to-earth dudes. Um, I never never got the chance to, to meet any of them, but they were playing my first concert. My first show was uh, OzFest back in 97. Nice. And, yeah, so they, uh, you know, they're up there and um, – this one guy jumps up onto the stage and he goes and runs and throws his arm around Phil. And of course, you know, security comes and grabs this dude and they're tearing him off the stage. And Phil just looks over at them. He says, Hey, get that guy a fucking beer. <laughs> like, all right. Awesome. <laughs> and then, you know, at the end of the show, Dimebag's coming out with like gallon sized Ziploc bag. It looked like from, I was all the way in the, in the lawn, but it, you know, it looked like that, about that size, just full of guitar picks, throwing it out to the, to the people right down there by the stage. So, oh, cool. Um, definitely. Uh, I remember definitely... that. Ozfest. I remember that. Ozfest. I was there. That was the year that uh, I think Marilyn Manson also played. And I'll never forget. We're, we're on the lawn out in Tinley park at, I mean, to me, it's always going to be the world, but it's called Hollywood casino amphitheater now, I think. So anyway, yeah. uh, we're on the lawn there and all the Marilyn Manson fans got the shit beaten out of them by the Pantera fans in the lawn. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I remember, because, you know, first show I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get in the mosh pit. So Pantera is up there doing their thing. And I start walking towards the mosh pit and I start seeing these big dudes coming out with like, <laughs> their noses bleeding bones sticking out their arms. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go turn around and go, go just watch the show. You know? Right. Right. Oh um, man. I'll never forget that. I think it was that Ozfest. Pantera had like one of the largest circle pits that I've ever, well, I was in there. I was, and uh, 
the entire lawn people are just like running laps like like they're, it's like high school track people are just running laps doing circles <laughs> in the mosh pit on the lawn. yeah that was dude that was a great show because yeah marilyn manson like you said he was playing and he was uh that was the antichrist superstar era so he had that was. thing going on yeah um and then <laughs> you know we got to end out the show with the uh the double blow of Ozzy coming out with his band and doing a set and then coming out with all the original members of Sabbath. Yes. Okay. That was the year that Sabbath reunited. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was wild. And <clears throat> I'm very glad, uh, one of my friend's moms bought me that ticket. It was my, uh, her eighth grade graduation present to, to me. And yeah, that was fucking, that was rad. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great story, man. You know, and I think it's funny because it was just a year before because, um, what was it? Uh, I'm a huge Smashing Pumpkins fan. And, you know, they were touring on Melancholy. And uh, one of the girls I went to school with said, hey, we have an extra ticket. Do you want to go? And, you know, they were going. They parents were being there as chaperones, you know. And I, I told my mom, I'm like, hey, so-and-so has a ticket for uh, the Rosemont Horizon. And she's like, no, you're too young to go to a rock concert. I'm like, no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it ended up taking me quite a few more years before I got to see uh, see the pumpkins, but it's been like five times now. So, <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. I bet they're they're so, probably live. Oh, dude, they're awesome. Um, Jimmy Chamberlain is like my favorite drummer. Oh, cool. Um, <clears throat> actually, I got to see them. Uh, Oh God, what year would that have been? Maybe fourteen. Uh, um, yeah, I want to say it was twenty fourteen, maybe twenty fifteen. No, definitely not fifteen. Sorry, uh, but they were playing um, Athalia Hall. Oh, they were okay. doing a yeah, just a one-off show before they ended up going and doing a European tour. Mm-hmm. But um, Jimmy wasn't in the band at the time, and. For a while, they had just like a rotating set of bass players. So um, they had done a album where they were going more back to rock and uh, like hard rock and and Tommy Lee played the drums on the album. Oh, wow. But um, for the tour, they ended up having Brad Wilk from Rage Against the Machine playing drums. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it was him and then uh, Mark Stormer from... uh, the bass player from the killers was on bass. Oh, so nice. That's, that's an eclectic group right there. Yeah. And dude, just like the low end with Brad's a heavy hitter. So like I was 20 feet away from the stage and just chest pounding, (laughs) (laughs) getting your face melted. (laughs) Yeah, dude, it was, uh, it was great. It was interesting, interesting night, you know, um, I don't know if you go to many shows solo. If well, when you uh, go for joy, sometimes but, like I'll still go see like a small club or bar show because it's more intimate and I, I like it that way. But like you'll never see me at like a giant arena or stadium show. To me, that would just feel like I'm going to work. Yeah. Uh, no, I still, but I still like like you know bars and clubs. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I I uh, I'd been to a few shows now by myself, but that was my first one. Um, oh. Yeah, I uh, I think it's funny because uh, during my twenties, I was uh, 
I wrote a song even about it called Isolophobia, which is the fear of being alone. Mm-hmm. Because like I always I would wake up in the morning and as soon as I would wake up, I'd start calling friends to find somebody to be with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and I just I never wanted to be alone. But now, you know, through my thirties, mm-hmm. it's like that's all I do. Like <laughs> Um, my, my wife is, uh, she works a weird schedule. She's, uh, she's on rotating. So, uh, three, two, and one, she's, uh, she does three weeks of afternoons, two weeks of midnights, a week of days, and then goes back to afternoons. Um, mm-hmm. so like she's on her, she's on her midnights, uh, right now. So she's upstairs sleeping and it's like, you know, what am I going to do all day? I can't like, I can't plug everything in and start jamming in the basement because she's right <laughs> above the jam space. Right. So, yeah, uh, I end up, uh, I'll, I'll go out to a restaurant, sit there and eat by myself. Um, actually after we get done talking, I'm thinking about going to the movies. Uh, I well, I'm going that. to, it's my day off. What, I'm going today. What are you going to see? Black phone. That's exactly what I'm planning. I'm going to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I placed it. It plays at eleven forty-five. So, oh, um, you better go. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no. Um, I live. Uh, I live five minutes from the theater. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, actually, thinking about that, I I'm in uh, Portage, Indiana. Where do you Where do you live? I'm in uh, Brookfield, Illinois. So, just right outside Chicago, maybe. Okay. Twenty minutes. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got. Uh, I got some cousins that live in Brookfield. So, yeah. Oh, cool. uh, wonderful zoo. Yeah, yeah, we love the zoo. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you do you have any uh, any little ones? I, I have a stepson. He's sixteen. Oh, okay, so so yeah, then yeah, you've had the uh, the joy of getting to experience it with with somebody like that. Oh um, yeah, and we we've got little nieces and nephews too. So we'll we'll do the zoo okay. lights there and all that fun stuff. Yeah. See now, me. Um, I don't have kids and um, my, my brother has, has a couple boys, but we're estranged. So um, other than, you know, maybe uh, the occasional going out and doing something with a friend and their kids, I, I don't, I don't get that, uh, that joy of, you know, seeing somebody light up because it's their first time, you know, maybe seeing a giraffe or, you know, whatever. Sure. Um. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool, man. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there uh, is there anything else? Oh, okay. So <clears throat> I know we were talking just a little bit ago about the uh, how the stagehand union covers all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is it Sal the a projectionist? Yes, him and Sam. Yeah. Oh, they're they're both projectionists. Um, <laughs> they fall into your union as well, then. Yes, but a different local. They just do video. Okay. Um, and then for for that, uh, I mean, of course you, you know, you've got your uh, your movie theaters and stuff. But like, do they also go out and like work the concerts and do like the? Sometimes, uh, ma- mainly we're the kind of work we do. It's all the the corporate side of things. So we're in oh, hotels. Yeah. We're in hotels, we're in convention centers like McCormick Place or uh, the Stevens up in Rosemont, but mainly hotels. Okay. Yeah, I was just uh, definitely not one of the, another one of those things that, you know, just as 
the general person you don't think about, you know. Yeah, we're, that's the thing with, with what we do. Uh, that's kind of how we struggled during the pandemic. No one knows about us. No one sees us. Uh, they don't know what we do. Even in, even when we're on gigs, we're not appreciated. <laughs> like people just uh, walk on stage and like, oh, we have lights and audio and video. Like who, who set it up? Who did that? They don't know. They don't care. It's just there for them. So we're used to that. <laughs> kind of, you know, I mean, some, most people are, are respectful and they treat us well. But, yeah, there's some bad gigs every now and then. Yeah, redheaded stepchildren, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, well, it's, I'll tell you what, it's like, it's like doctors. We do all these medical and pharmaceutical shows. Doctors are the worst because they're so used to everybody doing everything for them. So it's, there's always like an issue with a microphone or um, their clicker to like when they're doing a presentation, trying to flip through slides, this and that, like they're just clueless. <laughs> oh God. <clears throat> that's, that's funny. Yeah. That, and you know what, like you said, like sometimes, doing the things like that could get daunting. Yeah, that would be, uh, that would be pretty bad because I mean, you know, not only do you probably not care about half the shit they're talking about, but then it's like, well, that's the thing. Oh, With me, I don't, I tell people I'm like, I don't have to listen to it. I just have to hear it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as a sound guy, I just, it has to be audible and clean. I don't care what you're talking about. <laughs> there you go. But so. there was, there was one occasion a couple years ago. Um, we're doing a pharmaceutical show and uh, what's that drug for uh, shingles chingrix, I think it's called. Uh, it was just about to hit the streets, like hit the market. And they're this group of people, they're promoting it. Like, uh, you know, it's just about to be available. And at the time my mother had shingles and I, I normally don't pay attention to these shows, but uh, that caught my interest. And I remember I phoned my mother that day. I said, uh, have your doctor, get you on this uh, chingrix or whatever it's called and uh she called him up and the doctor had no idea what it was but he's like yeah i can get it so he put her on chingrix boom shingles went away so that was cool yeah that is uh it's quite amazing when something can help out especially especially when it's your mom because i'm a mama's boy so <laughs> <laughs> oh man well it's been great talking to you do you have uh anything to uh anything to promote or, or anything i mean well uh if you want to you know talk about the horror and stuff like that uh there's a couple conventions coming up this year where i'll definitely be there flashback weekend is in rosemont illinois uh what is that the first weekend of august uh that's uh, always a good time they'll have panel discussions the vendor room sometimes they show movies and there's uh, like VIP parties. Um, and then in November, Days of the Dead is coming back to Rosemont as well. And uh, that's always a good time. Days of the Dead is like a party. It's heavy metal, punk rock, pro wrestling, and horror movies. So <laughs> a little something for everybody. And uh, yeah, that one's coming up in November. And if uh, you feel like listening to a couple nerds talking about horror movies, get on uh, – Spotify, iTunes, Instagram, and Facebook. That's the last three rows of horror. And uh, we appreciate you listening. And John, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it's been it's been fun and uh, interesting insight into the world of stage handing. <laughs> you got it. Anytime. So, all right, guys. For Mike Morrissey, this is John, and I'll talk to you next week. See ya.
All right, everybody. That was that with uh, Mike Morrissey. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to uh, go to Facebook and search Staging a Podcast. You can follow me there. You can also uh, go to Instagram and check out Staging a Podcast. Also, uh, my other show, You Do You, on Instagram is You Do You One. We also have a Facebook group for You Do You. And then uh, I just started doing another podcast with my friends Tony and Joe. And uh, we're doing a, a podcast called Texas Size 10-4. It's a Letterkenny podcast. We'll be going through episode by episode and talking about the show, cutting up a bit, chirping back and forth at each other, I'm sure. So thank you again for listening. Take it easy.